My dad's wife thinks if she demolishes the house, he'll have no choice but to remodel. Instead, he just divorces her. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. I've had a very rocky relationship with my father. He was a very emotionally abusive man who blamed all of his issues on everyone else in his life. I haven't had much of a relationship with him as an adult. But boy did he meet his match with his third wife. They met in 1999 on ICQ through the random meet feature. At the time, they were both married to their previous spouses. The four of them started an innocent enough couple's friendship. But unbeknownst to my stepmother and her husband, my father and this woman had started an emotional affair online, sending inappropriate messages all the time and professing their love to one another while each was going to couples counseling working on their marriage. My stepmother was even telling this woman her deep down feelings about the relationship. A huge betrayal now that she knows this woman was using it against her. When they finally told their spouses, seemingly timed in a way to cause the most pain, they decided she would move from their home in Louisiana to Indiana and start a life together while their spouses struggled to understand what had happened. I've never forgiven my father for the narcissism this took on both of their parts. He just blamed it on my stepmother, convinced I would one day come to accept them as a couple. He was so in denial about how bad the rift between us had grown after years of emotional abuse that they even bought me Christmas presents that year, convinced I would come home. I didn't speak to him for years. I was young and angry, and I needed space. The first time I met her was at my grandfather's funeral years later. She seemed nice enough, but she wanted to hear absolutely nothing negative about my father and was quick to make snide remarks about my mother and stepmother. She was convinced that my father's ex-wives had put me against him and her, and that she could suck up to me and have the sort of relationship with me that my stepmother did. I let her add me on AIM, but the conversations just became more and more demanding. Demanding that I just come and have a relationship with him while he's still blaming the women in his life for everything that ever's gone wrong. For the record, my mother and stepmother never said a negative word about him and encouraged me to have a relationship with him if it was possible. She really believed that she was entitled to have the same relationship with me, a person in their 20s who had only just met her and didn't particularly like her, as my stepmother, a woman who had been there for me unconditionally since I was eight. The last straw for me with her was when she messaged me on Facebook and started chewing me out for not wishing my father a happy birthday on his Facebook profile. I had enough of her nonsense, told her off, told her to mind her own business, and blocked her on every platform she'd added me on. I didn't speak to her for years, except for a brief exchange at my grandmother's funeral. I didn't have a relationship with her and felt no reason to have to pretend I liked her. I was too busy living my life, going to university, studying abroad, making something of myself, and I didn't need them or their drama. Well, not long after my grandmother's death, they got divorced, and I finally heard the story. See, it turned out my grandparents were rich, and I had no idea growing up. They had managed to save enough money so that all of their children and grandchildren would get a generous inheritance. My father, like his sisters, suddenly found himself in possession of $250,000.
In the years between, they had moved from Indiana down to Louisiana so she could be close to her aging mother, and had a modest house in the suburbs of New Orleans. Now, the story goes that my father, who had switched jobs several times in his life and had a questionable amount of retirement income, decided to do the smart thing and invest the $250,000 for his retirement and or a rainy day. His wife, on the other hand, wanted to use the money to make improvements to their house, including putting a brand new carpet down. He did not think this was necessary and thought that the carpet they had was fine for at least a while longer. His wife was not happy with being told no and decided that she was going to make him spend money on the carpet. So one day while he was at work, she ripped up all the carpet in the house, thinking that with no carpet, he'd have to buy a new one. He came home that day to bare floors all over the house. From what I hear, she put on her best surprised Pikachu face when he immediately moved out and basically told her to screw off. They divorced not long after. As the story was being told to me, I looked at the person telling it and said, I never thought I would encounter someone more manipulative than my father, but it seems he met his match. They really did deserve each other. Yeah, both of them really do sound like jerks. I agree that it sounds like they deserve to make each other miserable for a while. The whole story from beginning to end is just full of jerk moves. How they left their spouses particularly doesn't sit well with me. If you're done with the relationship, then that's fine. But playing games like that with someone that I have to assume you once loved is just really, really low. As for the title of the story and why we're here, it's really just petty of the wife, honestly. Just because your husband comes into a little bit of money doesn't mean he's going to spend it on exactly what you want to spend it on. I feel like her dad really did make the right choice here. New carpets are not a priority unless there's a real issue. Trying to force it to go your way is not going to work out. Even if you did get what you wanted short term, you've shown your hand. You've shown what a low piece of crap jerk you are and how manipulative you can be. Not many people are going to be sticking around for long after that. You can submit your own stories to be featured here on the channel. The story submission link is in the description below. And if you want to listen to some vibey music in the background, check out Easy Mode, also linked below. And don't forget to subscribe. Senior manager gets me fired, but I turn things around and get her job and salary. I was hired by a company as an assistant manager, a job I was well qualified for. The owner's rarely on site as he owns several businesses. The company is run by a GM who hired me, but who works mostly second shift and who I therefore have little daily contact with since I was hired for first shift. I was assigned to Eva for training. Eva was a manager and had been with the company five years. I trained with her for a few days, and then I was on my own, though she and I had overlapping shifts and would see each other a few days a week. We were friendly, but not close. After a few months, I was doing well at my job and had even gotten some new procedures adopted to help boost sales. Eva began acting resentful. She would correct me for small things and took any opportunity to remind me that she had trained me. It didn't matter to me. She wasn't my boss. I reported to the GM, so I mostly just ignored her. What I didn't know was that Eva was not just tight with the GM, but they had worked together at another place for 10 years before this one. 
One day at the end of my shift, the GM asks to talk, tells me it's not working out, says I'm still making mistakes at six months that I shouldn't be. I ask for examples. A few of them were petty matters Eva had mentioned, but most of them just weren't true. I tried to argue, but it was clear that I was set up. I decided to reach out to the owner since I had nothing to lose. He was sympathetic but said he relies on the GM to run the business and had to support her decision. Then he mentioned that if things hadn't been so bad between me and Eva, it probably could have worked out. That's when I knew she was behind me getting fired from a job that I really needed, really liked and was making great money. And I vowed to get revenge. I started searching her online info. In less than an hour, I'd uncovered a gold mine thanks to one of those pay services. About three months prior, Eva was arrested and charged with a DWI in a neighboring state. The court records showed she had a hearing coming up in a few weeks. That was enough to get her fired. It affects a personal license she and I had to have as management. Per state law, license holders must report criminal charges to the licensing board. And in the case of a DWI arrest, licenses are typically suspended pending trial. I called the owner and told him what I discovered. It was news to him. I guess since it was out of state, Eva was keeping it a secret. Maybe she was hoping to get off on the charges. The next day, the owner called and said Eva was fired. He thanked me for telling him about her DWI, apologized for how I was fired, and offered me Eva's position and salary. He asked me to come in the next morning to meet with him and to cover Eva's shift. I accepted. That alone was sweetly satisfying revenge. But what happened next was the icing on the cake. I got to work extra early, met with the owner and GM, and we all agreed to start fresh. Cool. It was still an hour before opening, and I was in the back of the place when I heard the front door chime. When I came out a few minutes later, Eva was there, tears flowing, begging the owner for her job back. She obviously didn't know I was there, because when she saw me, her whole body seized and her shocked expression was priceless. I walked right by her, steering her down with a smug grin and went outside. Eva came out a minute later and wouldn't make eye contact. As she walked away, I said, good luck on the 23rd. That was her court date. Eesh, I mean, I guess she had it coming. I understand her maybe not wanting her employer to know about this, but unfortunately it's the kind of thing you have to report. Not doing so is just going to lead to even worse consequences if they do find out. And if your court date doesn't go the way you want it to, which is highly likely, then that's probably the way things are going to go down. But hey, at least it all worked out for our original poster in the end. Entitled parent thinks they rented the whole park. I'm at a city park with my kids. We've been to this park a bunch. There's this one spot where there's a rocky hill all tree covered, nice and shady on a hot day. There's a playground at a pavilion at the top of the hill. We get there and I immediately notice loud noises and I'm having to step over cables and extension cords. Someone rented the pavilion and set up not one, but three bounce houses around it. Oh, great. So I have to give the disappointing news to my kids that even though they're surrounded by bounce houses, they can't play in them since this is a private party but they're free to go hit the playground. Everyone's cool with it. I sit on a bench as my kids go to town on the fake pirate ship when I hear, Whoa, hey! 
That's when Entitled Dad, doing his best to imitate the situation from Jersey Shore, walks up to me and informs me that the playground is closed for a private party. I look at him and inform him that the public park does not close for private parties, and it sounds like he rented the pavilion nearby, which is fine, but doesn't give him exclusive use of the neighboring playground. He storms off and returns with a rental agreement and shoves it in my face, telling me to get my kids and leave. Right, so rental agreement is very clearly for the pavilion, all for the grand sum of $35 for 4 hours. How could any sensible adult think that $35 granted you exclusive use of a public playground? Moreover, why is it so important for you to have exclusive use of a public playground? I again point out to him that he rented the pavilion, not the park, and my kids won't go on his bounce houses and won't go in the pavilion, but the playground is fair game for everyone. He begins hurling threats and I'm weighing just taking my kids and leaving to avoid this jerk. Then I decide I need to take a stand on principle. So I tell him to screw off and proceed to use my phone to find the phone number for the park office. Our county staffs our parks. During the summer months, they employ park rangers who have peace officer authority. I call the park ranger and tell him that there's trouble up at this shady playground and they need to come right away. Sure enough, as I'm getting off the phone, Jerk returns with two of his meathead friends to tell me that they're ejecting me from the park. No, you're not. And if you touch me, I'm calling the cops and pressing charges. No anger, no rage. With this promise of action, however, one of them kind of widens his eyes and steps back saying to his friend to just leave us alone. This guy, for some reason, does not want the police coming. And it's very obvious. The ringleader won't back down, however, and tries his best to get in my face, screaming and yelling. He grabs my arm, and I remove his hand. All of this just as I see the ranger pull up, yell for everyone to step back from one another and start his way over. This smug jerk shoves the rental contract into the chest of the ranger, telling him that I'm trespassing and he rented this space for the day for his kid's party. Now, normally I don't like posturing by law enforcement, but here it was pretty amusing. You touch me again and I'm gonna arrest you. This is for renting the pavilion. You have use of the pavilion, but the playground is open for public use. Also, your permit doesn't allow you to set up bounce houses. Where did you plug these in? The ranger follows the extension cords and sees that they ran them to nearby public bathrooms. There was an outdoor outlet. It was locked. This dude cut the lock off so he could plug in his stuff. The ranger comes back with the broken lock. Did you cut this lock? Uh, well, it was like that when I found it. Really? Because it was intact this morning. So some random person cut this lock and you just happened upon it within the last two hours? Uh, I guess. Long story short, he let them stay and let them keep the bounce castles because he didn't want to ruin a kid's party. He wrote the guy a citation for the broken lock and the unauthorized power use, and banned him from the park for the remainder of the season, after the party. Amazingly, this entire event was lost on my children, who barely noticed anything was going on. I'm glad the park ranger showed up to deal with this jerk when he did. Otherwise, I was gonna have to. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love how this guy has a contract that he's so confident in, but apparently didn't take the time to actually read. I would think it's pretty obvious to the general person that you're renting a space in the park, not the whole park itself. And then trying to bring over a couple of guys to muscle someone out of it? Like, come on, buddy. It sounds like the kids weren't even using the park at the time. So what's wrong with some lady bringing her kid there? This guy just sounds like he's on a power trip. Our original poster did exactly what they should have done. They called the person they needed to call who came and handled the situation the way it needed to be handled. No unnecessary escalation, thankfully. It's good he showed up when he did though, because it sounds like these guys were about to get physical. My students thought they could prank me, but I had the last laugh. I spent about 10 years teaching high school humanities at a small private school. For my first two years, I didn't have a classroom, just a small office. I would bring what I needed for each class on a cart and go from room to room, depending on which teacher had a prep at any given time. This was incredibly inconvenient, and not being the most organized of teachers to begin with made things difficult to keep track of. There were a group of 11th grade boys who decided to make things a little more difficult for me. They were good kids. We got along well. I coached several of them on the school soccer team, but they decided that since my office would often be empty, it was a great place to play a prank. It was never anything too serious. Things falling over when I opened the door or things disappearing for a day and then turning up in a different place the next day. Nothing was ever damaged and I could never prove who it was, even though I knew. My school had mandatory final exams in each academic course. I didn't really think they were necessary so I would generally make them pretty easy with a lot of preparation. I would give out study sheets and play review games for a couple of weeks before the test, and there was no reason the students wouldn't do well on them. I had approval of admin to do this, as they weren't particularly fond of the final exam rule either. It was a school board policy. A few nights before the offending boys had their exam, I had a brainwave. I created a second exam. Gone were the multiple choice questions and obvious things from the review sheets. In their place came detailed questions about concepts that were briefly mentioned in class. Essay question after essay question. 
ambiguous questions with no clear answers. Definitions of words that there was no way they knew. It took a couple of hours, but I laughed the whole time. When the test came, I had the special exams at the bottom of the pile and handed them out to each of the four or five boys. I told my vice principal what was happening, and he insisted on being present. I started the timer and watched as the boys flipped over their papers. All I could do was try to keep a straight face. Eyes went wide, heads were shaking, panic was setting in, especially as they saw all their classmates flying through their exams. One of the boys raised their hand. Sorry, no questions during the final. You should be prepared based on your study sheets. I let them go for about 5 or 10 minutes of terror before I gathered the fake tests and gave them the real ones. They all passed with flying colors and never pranked my office again. It was glorious. This one I like. Relatively harmless, no one got hurt, nothing really big happened. Just a teacher kind of having some fun with some students. I know some students can be really cruel with their pranks, so it's good to hear that these kids weren't taking it too far or anything. Sometimes the pranks can get really personal and offensive, and it's not a prank. You're just bullying and harassing your teacher. These kids seemed like it was all in good fun. At least the teacher seemed to think so. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have taken it so lightly and gone about it the way he did. It's always nice to hear when teachers get in on the fun too, that they can still have fun with the kids. School's miserable enough already. We can afford to lighten the mood a little bit here and there. I'm sure those kids were sweating up a storm for those 5 or 10 minutes. At least the teacher was nice enough to end their misery after a relatively short amount of time. He could have let that go on for a while if he wanted to. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. Or if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot. Everything linked in the description.